Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. We're going to continue a series that I've been working on called Journeys with Jesus. And uh, I think it's a really amazing uh, series because talking about what it looks like to travel, walk, do life, take adventures with Jesus. And, you know, I like adventures. I like traveling, generally. Um, And I was thinking recently about road trips. How many of you ever, ever took a family road trip? Yeah. Did you like it? How many of you is like, woohoo, thumbs up? Nice. How many of you are like, oh, it was awful? How many of you are like, medium? Yeah. I'll never forget a road trip. And I don't, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but I remember one time we did a road trip. We took my mom, my dad, Reese, me, and the three kids all on a road trip to Santa Fe in a van. And so, You know, and at this time, you know, my dad's health wasn't super good and he couldn't walk real well. And then I have little tiny kids in car seats and one of them puked in the car, you know, on the drive down there. (laughs) Had to be that way, you know. So road trips can, you know, you have various memories, experiences, feelings, thoughts about road trips. We're never going to do that again. Oh, let's try another, you know, this various mixed bag. But I want to talk a little bit about a road trip with Jesus um, on a story that he gave related to the prodigal son. Many of us know this uh, parable. You can read it in Luke 15. I believe it's verses 11 to 32. And uh, it's an interesting um, parable that Jesus tells us. And I'm just going to give you like a, a quick Um, summary of it and he starts off and the parable is set within um, three parables um, all related to things that are lost lost sheep lost coin lost son and when he tells these three parables he's talking to two groups of people he's talking to the the uh, sinners and tax collectors that's Luke 15 verse 1 who are all excited to hear from Jesus and he's talking to the Pharisees and the religious righteous people who are grumpy <laughs> that Jesus is so groovy on the sinners and the tax collectors. So that's his audience. When Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, it's a son, a gentleman has two sons, older, younger son, and it says the younger son comes to his dad and says, Dad, please give me my share of the inheritance. So his dad divides it up. The kid, after a few days, gathers everything takes all of his inheritance, goes to a foreign country, squanders it with riotous living. And then when he runs out, there's a famine in the land and he's hungry. And so it says he hires himself to a citizen, local person there, and the guy has him feed pigs. This youngest son is so hungry, he wants to eat the pig slop, but nobody will give it to him. At some point he comes to his senses and he says, in my father's house, all the servants have more than enough bread and I'm out here starving, dying from hunger. I'll go home and tell my father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I'm not worthy to be your son. Please make me as one of your hired servants. So it says he goes home and he's a long way from home and the father sees him from a distance. And it says he has compassion and runs to him. Literally in the Greek, it says he falls on his neck and kisses him. And the son says to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm sorry, I'm not worthy to be your son. Father interrupts him. And he says, go find the first robe, 
put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, prepare the fattened calf, kill it so we can celebrate and party because my son who was lost is found. My son who is dead is now alive. So there's a party at the house. Woo, celebrate, woo, 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 woo. But we know in this story, there's an older son and he's out in the field and he's coming home back to his house and he hears all the party and he's like, what's this all about? So one of the servants says to the older son, well, your little brother has returned. Your dad killed the fattened calf and we're celebrating. And so the older son is angry in the field. And the father comes out to him and pleads with him. And the son, oldest son says, dad, I served you with all my life. I never broke one of your commands but you never gave me a little goat to celebrate with my friends. But yet this son of yours who squandered his inheritance with prostitutes, it's literally what it says, he comes home, you kill the fattened calf. What gives? <laughs> and the father says to him, son, you're always with me and everything that I have is yours. But it's right. It's fitting that we should celebrate because your brother was lost and now he's found. He was dead and now he's alive. That's how the parable ends. It stops there. And we don't know. I mean, I think it's really appropriate, fitting. Jesus did it on purpose. That we're not going to continue and tell you the resolution, the end of the story. Because it's important for us to consider that there's a question unresolved. And in this journeys with Jesus, in this parable, what I want us to think about is the father. So many times I think we focus on, you know, the reprobate son who's such a loser, or we, you know, identify with the older son, or we think he's kind of a jerk, you know, what's wrong with him. We look at those two boys, but I want us to think about the father in this parable. And in the Jewish tradition, this parable is called the chasing father because the real pivot point the real catalyst the real um, hero in the whole thing is the father and when we think about the father what I'd like you to consider today for all of us in the room you're watching online at various times in our lives I suspect that we have been the prodigal son the one that ran away Right? The younger son that squandered, made stupid decisions, riotous living. You know, you go back, you're like, and maybe that's who you are right now. Maybe you're like, yeah, just kind of living life large, party hardy, and, you know, I'll wait until it all hits the fan, but I'm just enjoying myself now. For some of us, that's who we are. For some of us, that's who we've been. We've had seasons in our life where we are this younger son. But for some of us in the room, we identify more with the older son. You know, we did it all right. We dotted the I's, we crossed the T's. If we made a poor decision, it wasn't without a lot of reflection, and, and we were very purposeful. We did it, we've done everything, we've run our lives clean and smooth and kept the wheels on the bus. You know, within, we, we colored in the lines. <laughs> Some of us turned the page over and just colored no matter what the lines were. <laughs> but for, I think we can relate. Sometimes, and maybe it's been a season in your life. I think, I, I remember reading this parable when I was really little. 
And it was appealing to me because, you know, my brother, <laughs> I would consider him the younger son, right? He partied his life away and was a very proficient drug user, very proficient, um, and paid for it in a lot of different ways. And I considered myself more like the older brother because I always ran it clean. I was, you know, meticulous, good grades, yada, 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 right? And all that stuff. But what I appreciate in this parable is the father. And so I want us to think, we may identify with one more than the other, with this one more than that one. Whoever you identify with, what I want you to look at today is the father. Because that's the key point in this whole parable, is the father. And some very interesting, important things for you to consider related to your heavenly father. The first point is that the father treated each child individually. He didn't do a cookie cutter, one size fits all. You know, I was thinking about this. When I, I went to Vietnam earlier this year, and I went to buy a t-shirt. And, you know, t-shirts there, you have small, medium, large. Um, you know, and so they have these, like, cookie cutter sizes. The only problem is, if you get a large in Vietnam, that's more like a medium in America. <laughs> you know, they have these one size fits all. Thankfully, God tailor makes, our Heavenly Father tailor makes his interaction with us individually. So, for example, you look at the younger son, and I want you to think about what the father did. It says the father saw him from a distance, and it said he had compassion. It says he ran to him and fell on his neck. Some translations say he hugged him, he embraced him, and he kissed him. I want you to picture what that looks like. And I want you to picture the, the level of touch, the, the level of affection, the level of embrace. And the kid, the kid stinks. He's been with pigs. He has no money. He's emaciated. He looks and smells fully repulsive. And yet the father is so full on engaged and connected. But I want you to appreciate as well. The son talks to the father, but the father never says word one to this son. He touches him. He hugs him. He's affectionate. He welcomes him. And there's a peace for us, for those of us who have been this son. Your father embraces, welcomes you. You might smell bad, look bad, feel bad. You might have diseases, consequences of poor choices that you have. But the father hugs you, kisses you, welcomes you, isn't afraid that you're going to infect him with whatever you, whatever. The father treats you with great affection and welcome. On the other side, the father treated the older son, didn't do that at all. The younger son, he ran out, hugged, and, and welcomed him and kissed him. The older son, the father goes out, and it's a conversation. It's dialogue. The older son, and granted, the younger son said to the father, I'm not worthy, blah, blah, blah. No acknowledgement, no acceptance, no recognition of anything that son said. This son, dad... I have worked for you, and literally in the Greek, it's I have slaved for you 
<laughs> served you all my life and never broken one of your commandments. So the son is justifying. But the sad thing is the father says to him, son, and it's a dialogue, it's a conversation. The father acknowledges what the son has said, but the father says, I hear what you're saying, but your perspective is off. You thought you had to earn it, deserve it, you, you, it belongs to all this, but son, <laughs> everything I have is yours. It always has been. And for you to think that you had to earn it or, or deserve, whatever, is erroneous thinking. You already had it. And son, you're always with me. You're always connected. We're always here. I'm always present with you. And I appreciate that the father left his house to reconcile, embrace, and redeem the younger son. The father left his house to challenge the fake false perception of the older son. I love that our father speaks to us individually. You may look at somebody else, and I think that's some of our problem, is we look at other people. Well, how come? Blah, blah, blah. How come? Blah, blah. Irrelevant. This is, a, this is the issue. This way, not this way. Your father. And you're like, well, I have a hard time with my father because of, you know, parent issues, father issues, mother, whatever. But family, that's, that's the place where we come to our heavenly father and acknowledge that we're made in the image of God, our Father. And so whatever we've done, whatever we haven't done, the Father treats each of us uniquely and individually. It's not one size fits all. Some of us won't fit in Vietnamese clothing. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> but the next thing I want to point out to you is that the Father comes to each son. When the father, when the youngest son is at a distance, it says the father runs to him. I love that. I love that it's not <laughs> this casual strolling. I, like I could see this, uh, you know, a, a mother, a father, like, oh my gosh, they're bad. And kind of just begrudgingly making their way out. But that's not what you see here. The father runs. The father runs to welcome and accept this broken, flawed sliver of a son. At the same time, the father goes out. <laughs> and it's interesting, the word in the Greek is to run, and this one is just to go out. And I think the father knows that this son is going to give him the what to and here for. He's going to get an earful. Because he knows his son's angry with him. But the father still goes out. And, and the father's heart. This is number three. The father's heart for both boys. Is a heart of compassion. It says in, for the youngest son. That he goes out. He sees him. And he has compassion. Splagizomai. And he goes. I just do a little quick side note here. You know, I've been kind of studying, looking at the Good Samaritan and that whole story. The hero in that story, 
does those first three things the same. The hero sees the victim. The father sees his son. The hero has compassion. The father has compassion. And the father runs and the hero goes. Those three things. And it's very important for us to consider both as family with God as well as foreigners, people that are, that are hurt and traumatized by life, that the Father sees us, that we see, we have compassion, and we go to compassion. And I find that sometimes it's a little bit easier for me, sometimes, not always, to have compassion on people who are blatantly broken and hurt and, you know, struggling when I go to a brothel in Asia, when I see a mom whose who's baby's on death's door, you know, she's, it's easier for me sometimes to have that compassion. It's not always as easy for me to have the compassion on individuals that I see, you know, you've got everything made in the shade. You've got great finances, your family's together, all this stuff. But I believe that the father has compassion not only on the broken and those who are obviously a mess <laughs> as well as those who are pristine and deserving because it says the father the father saw and ran to the broken son with compassion but it says the father came out and this is interesting in the Greek it's the word parakaleo this is where we have the word comfort this is where we get the name of our Holy Spirit, the, the paraclete, parakaleo. And in, the, in your Bible, it'll say the father came out to entreat his oldest son. But the idea is still comfort. So whether it's compassion or whether it's comfort, the father's heart for each one of us father's perspective is always to reconcile, to restore, to bring back. The Father is inviting us, come home. You belong, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you haven't done. You still belong, and you belong because of the Father, not because of you. If it's because of you, then you can lose it, and you can earn it. But because of the Father, you're welcomed regardless. You're accepted. You're revere, re, re, redeemed, not revered, <laughs> Sorry, that's the other way around. But you're redeemed and celebrated. Welcome home. Welcome home. And so as you think about this, this message, um, there's a couple things I want us to do. And I'm going to have the ushers, Pat, do a handout. Because this is, I think, a really important message for us to think about individually as it relates to our Father, our Heavenly Father. And on this handout... Um, we're going to go through this a little bit, just kind of line by line. And it's, it's a little bit of some reflection. But on the other side of the handout, you're going to see a whole um, printout of the, good son, or the prodigal son parable, the chasing father. And what I want to encourage you to do is I would like to ask you to read this parable every day for the rest of the month. Because as you read it every day and you let it soak into you, 
I think you're going to see some changes as how you relate to your father. So on the front side of this, um, it says journeys with Jesus, family dynamics. And it asks you a couple questions. Number one, and there's pins in front of you. And I'm going to ask you to fill this out. Take some moments now and fill this out. We're going to go through it. One, two, three, four, five. So the first question is value and worth. In relation to your heavenly father, how do you see yourself? Number one, your value, your worth. I'm not worthy. I am more than worthy. So how do you see yourself? And I'm asking you to fill this in today. You're like, well, and don't, don't do, you know, the right answer. <laughs> we know the right answers, you know, like all of the above. Let's do it from, and I'm not, you're not going to turn this over to your neighbor to check and grade. <laughs> We're not doing that. This is for you to keep and for your eyes only. So you can be as honest as possible because it will help you. The more honest you are, the better. If you're just kind of surfacy, not going to be as helpful. So number one, your value, your worth. I'm not worthy. I'm more than worthy. And it's okay. You're like, well, I'm not. Okay, fine. Put that. Be honest. Number two, in relation to your heavenly father, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself at a distance? Or do you see yourself in the house, at home? Do you pull up a chair to the table because you have a place? If you come to our house, everybody has a place around the table. Isabel sits next to me. David sits across from me. Benji's caddy corner, Reese's at the top. And if anybody changes their places, we're all anxious. <laughs> so how do you see yourself? Do you, have a, do you have a place at the table? Are you at a distance? Are you looking in the window Seeing everybody else, how you know? Are you on the outside? Or are you enjoying a, a party? <laughs> Number three, your position. How do you see yourself? As a slave? A hireling? That's what the younger son said to his dad. I'm not worried that he'd be your son. He never got the rest of it out of his mouth. Make me as one of your slaves. Make me as one of your hirelings. The father interrupted him, cut him off. How do you see yourself? Because the older son, that's what he said to him. I've served you for all my life, and I never broke a commandment. Do you see yourself as a slave? A servant? Nobody wants the, the idea of slave. Okay, no. That's a hard pass. But maybe we see ourselves as servants. Or do I see, do, do you see yourself as a son or a daughter? Which one? And I think sometimes, and we're honest, there are times we might see ourselves more as a son-daughter and times when we see ourselves more as, oof, more the, the, the um, hireling, the servant. Number four, the focal point. <laughs> Here's a great one. Do you focus more on the people around you 
or on your heavenly father? Do you find your focal point horizontal? Is there a comparison element? I'm better than, I'm less than. No doubt the younger son was like, oh man, I'll never measure up to him. Right? And the older son, but that's, that's the problem because it's a horizontal perspective and it neglects the vertical. So your focal point, you focus more on the people around you or more on your heavenly father? And number five, do you isolate or do you let your heavenly father integrate, integrate you? This son isolated and it's always the heavenly father's goal to integrate, to restore, to redeem, to reconcile. That son, he isolated both different reasons, but he came back and was unworthy. This son said, I'm more than worthy. But both resulted in isolation. So do you isolate or do you let your heavenly father integrate? And so as, you, as we answer these questions, um, I'd like, I'd like us to do it now as we went through this message, kind of as a conclusion of the sermon. But what I'd like you to do is every day for the rest of this month, read the backside. This is the prodigal son chasing father parable. And then when you get to Halloween, I want you to flip this over and do this again and see if there's a change. And notice where are some areas What are some spaces in my thinking, in my perspective, where I need, I need father, I need to recalibrate my relationship with the father. I need to let the father love, redeem, reconcile me. So as we finish, I just like to ask you to close your eyes and to bow your heads. Father, I thank you so much for speaking to us today. I thank you for your heart, for your love. (laughs) Your loving kindness is everlasting. Oh my goodness, Father, thank you for your love. I pray for each person in the room, each person watching, that you would pour the love, your love into their hearts as your son, your daughter. I pray that what's been hurt and wounded from the past, misconceptions, untruths, I pray that you would heal, redeem, embrace, converse, We welcome your presence, all of you and all of who you are, what you do. Thank you, Father. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would confirm in each one of us, convince our interior that we belong, we're sons, we're daughters, welcomed and celebrated. Thank you for helping us in our journey with you, Jesus, to know our Heavenly Father better and better every day. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.